All right, here we go. Welcome back to the Audible. Kim Bocamber, John Kajemi. John, it's the dead zone in, in the NFL these days. You're in the, the season's over. The new season hasn't begun. And let's get to it. Let me remind you that the Audible is presented by AutoNation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. You can save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. Remember, you can watch the Audible every Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., WFOR, CBS4 Miami. You can also download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. And now that we've got that out of the way, Johnny, uh, let's take a look back at uh, what was a, I guess I would say, a, a very, very surprising, hinging on shocking Super Bowl that we watched between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, 31-9 to Tampa Bay. I don't know about you, but I didn't see that coming. In, in, I could have I thought about that game for a year and a half and never came up with that scenario. It was fun to watch as a Tampa Bay guy, I would assume as a fan, just because you know they they had the secret sauce. They yeah. found a way to shut down that offense and it was it was masterful on defense. It, it was. And you look at that defense, and you know, to me, when I look back at that game as a whole, I kind of look back to the New York Giants game when they beat the the the, uh, uh, the the New England Patriots when they were going for that undefeated season, and they did it because they could rush four guys up front, put pressure on Tom Brady and cover with all your guys in the back. And that's basically what the dollar, I mean, you look at that game and, and I know Tom Brady got the, the MVP, but uh, you know, Jason Pierre, Pierre Paul, the, the pass rusher on the other end, you know, those guys are the guys that really made the difference in that football game. So much like that same game plan that the giants had uh, against new England a number of years back. Okay. Now that the Super Bowl is over, John, we turn our attention to this football team, the Miami Dolphins and the court Dolphins. And the question is made a big leap forward last year. You know, right on the right on the doorstep of going into the postseason, and we all expect this team to get better. But how does this team get to be in the Super Bowl like we watched just a, a week ago? Well, it's easy to say. You know, after watching the Super Bowl, you need explosive players to make explosive plays, and the Miami Dolphins do need that on offense. They do need some help at wide receiver. I think they could be bolstered at running back a bit. But when it comes down to it, the offensive and defensive lines were really the the two parts of that game that dominated for the Buccaneers. They were able to pass rush, they were able to stop the run, and they were able to run the football in the second half, which eliminated Patrick Mahomes in those explosive plays or even having a chance of coming back. So if the Miami Dolphins are going to get to where, or even close to where those two teams are, Tampa Bay and Kansas City, they're going to have to continue to improve up front on the offensive line and find another pass rusher to be able to come off the edge opposite Agba. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, look, it, it, it seems now that all the talk of Deshaun Watson and this and that, I think I think it's 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 pretty clear now that uh, that Houston's going to do everything in their power to keep Deshaun Watson home in Houston. Uh, and and it, and it looks to the Dolphins that, hey, you know, Tua's our guy. We're going to go with Tua. I'm on board with that because I think we're going to see a better version of Tua this year than we did last year just because of, what he can do this year during the offseason that he wasn't able to be able to do last year. I agree with you, the line of scrimmage. I think the Dolphins made a big step last year with those three rookies that were able to play on the offensive line, and I thought did a very good job for a rookie. I expect them to be much better this year, and if you could throw an offensive lineman in there, another tackle in there for maybe the right side, it really would, would, would bolster that. But going back to Tua, I'm kind of in that thought process of if Tua's going to be our guy, Man, let's give him as much weapon, as many weapons as we can. I mean, I, you know, I, I'd like to see after day, you know, day two uh, in this draft, come out with, 
you know, two receivers, maybe a running back, maybe an offensive lineman. If one of those the kid from Oregon falls in your lap, maybe an 18, which I don't think he's going to do. But I mean, I just think playmakers with Tua gives him the best opportunity to be the best quarterback that the Dolphins could ask for. When you take a look at the Miami Dolphins roster, Bo, look at the players that made the biggest jump from year one to year two, year two to year three. I think that's going to happen for the rookie offensive linemen. Uh, most of those guys played the majority of the season, if not you know, close to every snap on offense. I think the Dolphins' willingness to want Karras back at center in free agency is going to bolster that line even more. But I do think you're going to have to go out in free agency and in the draft and find playmakers that change the, the light bulbs on the scoreboard, that make it go from 21 to 28 to 35, because that's where the NFL is right now. You have to have guys that cut the field in half with explosive plays. And the Miami Dolphins, there's a, there's a plethora of those guys in free agency, and there's even more that you don't have to pay as much in the draft. And I think that the Dolphins will come away with at least two wide receivers in that scenario. Yeah, you know, we both, we all still like, uh, uh, you know, some of the receiver guys we got, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, certainly Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson coming back. But all those guys carrying that big sack over their shoulder uh, of injuries and, and, and being able to step out on the football field. And, and so I think going forward, I think as much as you may like those guys, I don't know that you can count them on 100%. So that to me, again, it makes that, that receiving core, which there's a, qual a, a number of quality receivers, coming out, big-time receivers coming out, certainly in the first round and on down into the second and third rounds. But there's enough receivers out there. I think you can go out and bring in and create competition in that wide receiver room. And, hey, you know what? Sometimes competition makes guys a little bit more, a little bit quicker to get back out on the field when they have a little nick here and there. Well, it did that on defense this year for the Miami Dolphins. I think all that position rotation and guys being able to wear different hats and be able to play inside and outside at the linebacker spot. Shaq Lawson being able to bounce down to a, you know, a three technique, come back out to the defensive end. I think you had rookies push. Raquan Davis on that side of the football pushed all those defensive tackles. He made Christian Wilkins better. I think that can happen. That type of scenario can happen on the offensive side of the football. You have Williams. You have Devontae Parker. You, you have competition that's going to be created in free agency and the draft. You're going to have young guys come in and say, hey, I can do this at a high level as well. And it's only going to make that position that much better for Tua Tungavailoa to be able to go into his second year of growth, his full first year of offseason training, and try to develop whatever offense the Dolphins are going to come up with in, in 2021. That's got to be a question mark as well. And John, I touched a little bit on the, the league year starting March 16th. A lot of changes there. Still trying to find out what the exact number is going to be for the salary cap uh, that allows you to go into free agency. But you know, as important as the draft, again, is going to be for the Dolphins. I think this is another year where when they dip into free agency, it could be, it could be, uh, you know, like, like you said, you talk about the Ogba and, and Larson and the, guys, and the guys that are lost and the guys that they were able to pick up in the draft, Van Noy, all those guys that, uh, Landon Roberts, all those guys that helped this defense or this team make this turnaround. Um, you know, if you could hit on a number that they did last year, boy, that would be a big boost for this team going into the draft. Well, I think Chris Greer and that whole staff, they went down that defensive aisle at Publix, Bo, and they picked out a lot of good groceries. Yeah. And I think this year they're going to have to go the other, you know, the one way going the other way and help out the offense a little bit. And I think it's, it really, it worked. It worked yeah. in the offseason. Finally, for the Miami Dolphins, they were able to, to not go after the biggest free agents, but go after the right guys with the right price 
and, and can give that much to that defense, and it worked. So I'm hoping that happens on the offensive side of the football this year. You match that up with a good draft, especially in the first two rounds, because the Dolphins have so many picks early. You can get healthy. You can compete for a world championship in year three and year four if you're a Miami Dolphin. Johnny, one thought about the Dolphin free agents and, 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 and players. Uh, Bobby McCain, you know, Bobby's been a guy, he's been around here a long time, really been a, you know, a leader on this football team, a vocal guy, good player. Uh, but you're starting to see, you're starting to see his name thrown around in there. And, hey, maybe we need to upgrade at that safety position. And, and Bobby's been a, you know, he's been a stalwart for this team. He's been a, he's been a soldier for the, for the Miami Dolphins. But, uh, you know, he's getting to that point in his career where now you start looking at him and what's left in the tank there. Well, you just take a look at Tampa Bay, what they did with Winfield, getting him early in the draft out of the University of Minnesota. He was a difference maker in the defensive secondary. And I think you can get young uh, if you get the right guy. Bobby's done an excellent job being able to play corner, nickel corner, moving back to free safety. But he has been nicked over the last couple of seasons. And you want to see a guy back there that's going to be directing traffic for 16 games. And I think I'm not I'm not uh, selling Bobby McCain yet. I think I still think he has a lot to give. Uh, I'm just not sure where the defensive coaches and and Brian Flores, most importantly, seeing the future moving forward. Do you get younger at that position? You know, they went to the defensive line. They went to the linebacker position in free agency last year. Do they look at adding a secondary guy in center fielder? Maybe they have somebody on the roster that deserves an opportunity as well. Look, I, I like Bobby. I've always liked Bobby, and I like him for his intangibles and, and what he brings to the football team, as well as his toughness on the field. Now it's time for the sit-down, amplified by Hard Rock Hotel. So happy to be joined by Dolphins place kicker Jason Sanders. Just signed a contract extension through 2026, and no one deserved one more than you, Jason. First of all, congratulations on uh, extending your career with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You got it, man. Hey, 2020 was a terrific year for you personally, not only for the team, which means a lot, but for you, first team all pro, 36 field goals made, you know, that's second in the NFL and second in Miami Dolphins history. What led to uh, having such a successful year? Yeah, um, it was a very exciting year. Um, I think a lot of it goes back to a lot of the time me, Matt, and Blake put in the offseason. We, we get to together and put a lot of work in. Um, it makes it so much easier when your position is it revolves around just three guys, right? We don't need protection to work on. Um, we have all the time in the world we want in the offseason to, to get the, the reps we need. But um, besides that, you know, coaching staff, supportive, um, great staff at home. I got great parents, girlfriend, everybody. Everybody's very supportive. You know, it really does start with that support staff, and you mentioned at home, but on the field, you know, that chemistry that you have with Matt as your holder and Blake, you know, with, as the long snapper, take us through what it takes during the week for you guys to kind of get that chemistry going and then have it be successful when you're when you're called upon on Sunday. Yeah, um, just a good snap, a good hold, and a good kick. That's all it is. Um, we all have our individual jobs, and I don't, I don't think about what kind of snap I'm going to get. I don't think about what kind of hold I'm going to get. I'm going to do my job. And that's how they carry themselves as well. And I think that's what makes us so well. What about your routine? Uh, have you had this same routine uh, at practice and you carry it over to Sundays? Have you done it in high school and, and, and developed it in college? 
do you still have that same routine that you had way back when, or have you changed it over, over time? I think, I think the routine started to become who I am as a kicker my rookie year. Um, in college, you kind of just showed up, kicked the ball a little bit, but you know, come to the NFL, it's a full-time job. So you, you figure out what you're doing on Mondays, Tuesdays, all the way to Sundays. And, uh, you know, the preparation you put in is what you're going to get out of it. Well, a lot of success team-wise as well, not only individually, but a, a lot of the team success came from offense, defense, and special teams coming together with the coaching staff. What was different about last year's team than maybe the, the first couple teams you were on as a member of the Dolphins? Um, this last year was, it was a fun year. Um, you could just tell everybody buys in Brian Flores and, and the staff he's, he's brought into the organization. Um, it's just the energy, the energy you see at practice, the energy you see in the locker room, people just hanging out, people like each other. Um, but I would say the energy people brought every day at practice, it, it ultimately led to, you know, a couple of big wins and I'm excited to see what the future holds for the Miami Dolphins. Off-season time, uh, a lot of time to, to maybe get with your family, do some things. What does is, what is Jason Sanders like to do in his off time? I think you know what I like to do. Um, <laughs> is it the same uh, passion as me? No, I love golf. Um, <laughs> I don't want to tell you how many times I play in a week, but I love golf. But when it's time to work, it, it, it's, it's full kicking. It, there's, there's no side job. Well, you know what? You and I have to get – Kim Bocamper out on the golf course this off season because oh, that'd be fun. it would put a smile on your face. Let's put it that yeah, way. That'd be fun. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Jason, no, thanks be... so much for, uh, for joining us tonight and joining me on the audible and uh, best of luck in the future and enjoy your off season. You deserve it. I appreciate that. Thanks. Now it's time to take a look ahead presented by auto nation where dolphin fans can sell their vehicles for cash. Now visit AutoNation.com And uh, John, you know, the dolphins, uh, we you know, offensive corner Chan Gailey leaves, and and so they're looking for a new offensive coordinator, and a lot of names are popping up out there. Dolphins go to the Senior Bowl, and they decide to take two offensive coordinators, uh, George Godsey and Eric Studsville, and let them both be coordinators. And that was a, a forbearing of what was to be for the Miami Dolphins. Is after the Senior Bowl, Coach Flores and Brian uh, and Coach Flores and Chris Greer decide to go co-coordinators on offense, which I've never. I've never really seen – I've seen where you've had an offense coordinator and a head coach that kind of, you know, kind of work together in that position. But two separate offensive coordinators, kind of a new look for the league, a change in, uh, in, in, in the norm. But I think that's something that, uh, that we're expecting to see out of Brian Flores and, and Chris Greer for some time to come, doing things a little bit out of the norm maybe. Well, you're right, Bo, because there's only one situation that that occurs in the National Football League, and it's right here in South Florida. So – you're going to have Gotsi and Studesville collaborate on an offense. And it's yet to be determined how that's going to shake out. I think they got a little bit of practice time up in Mobile trying to split uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practices up and, and also in the game, calling the game uh, at different times uh, with first half and second half responsibilities. I just wonder, one, is it going to take away from how good the running back position has been and the tight end position has been over the last couple of seasons. I'm not going to say it's it's not going to work, but I think it's something you're going to have to work through and you're going to need training camp to do that. You're going to need live bodies on the field. You can't zoom and get away with this one. You have to be able to physically get out on the field and figure out third and two, who's got the call, guys? Is it me? Is it the run game coordinator slash offensive coordinator? Yeah. 
or is it the pass game coordinator uh, on third and 11? So I think those things will be ironed out, but you do need to have uh, scrimmages. You do need to have actual live situations to go through and be able to play your role in the offense. Yeah, I think that's the big question on everyone's mind. Well, what happens? Fourth quarter, uh, you know, you're, you're down by uh, four. You need a touchdown. Uh, you know, you're on the 20. You're, you're in the red zone. You got an opportunity. And who's going to call the play at that point? You know, who, you know it's, 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 it's fine when they, they, you know, in the middle, in the belly of the game where there's still a long time to go. And, now, okay, go ahead. You got this series or whatever. But then when it gets down to crunch time, if they both got strong opinions one way or another, it's going to be an interesting scenario to see. How, how these two guys work it out. But obviously, Flo knows them well. Chris Greer knows them well. They know each other well. And they've all signed off on this. Uh, and so uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, look, uh, well, Bo, how about this, Bo? I know that how Coach Flores, and you know this as well, how, how much he's a detailed guy. He'll have it figured out. But as a head coach, Bo, who do you, who do you call when it's third and six and we're going to have two downs to do it? Do I call George on my yeah. headset or do I call Eric? Because well, that, that's it. And, 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 you know, that's, that's something they're going to have to work out. And, you know, and, and, and I don't think John, I don't think it can be as easy as saying, okay, uh, Eric, you're going to take the first quarter, George, you're going to take the second quarter, Eric, you're taking the, th-. you know, I, you, I don't think it's as easy as that because that doesn't work because then you're putting two, two teams are playing one way in two quarters and the other's playing another way in two quarters. I, I don't see, I just don't, you know, this is going to take two very unique guys it's going to take a very unique head coach, and they're all going to have to find some way to work in unison to get this offense working seamlessly with the two coordinators. And like you said earlier, it's never been done in the National Football League before, not that I know of. And, and so it's a, it's a new experiment, and, and we'll see. Hey, maybe in two years, everybody's got two offensive coordinators. <laughs> well, if the Dolphins light it up on offense this year coming up in 2021, you're right. But I think I think that this staff has worked so well together in terms of being able to raise the level of competition, raise the level of execution, and cut back on the thing we harped on three or four years ago for, for the last 10 years, you know, pre-snap penalties, you know, being disciplined, doing all those things. I think they've corrected that as a culture item as the Miami Dolphins. Now they're going to find a way to work through, you know, maybe it's one voice, maybe it's either George or Eric being that one voice, but they're going to collaborate during the week of putting it together. And one guy will be able to be the game day coordinator with assistance going through the week from, from the other. Hey, John, another thought when you look at that is, is the quarterback position. We talked about Tua and his growth, and, and, and we still don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's a free agent, or no, I guess he's still got another year under contract with the Dolphins. We're, we're not sure whether he's coming back or not. And – and interestingly enough, when you think about it, if you bring a guy like uh, like Fitz back, and I would love to see him back, and I think most of the Dolphin fans would like to see Fitzpatrick back, um, he all and, and and two as your starter, Fitz almost becomes a quasi third offensive coordinator. In, in as much as you still want him to tutor to mentor Tua, but I think if you're that coaching staff and with his depth and knowledge of this league, and and him trying to help, you know. There's a conversation to be had with him during the week, too, I would think. Uh, in putting I would think it would be great for the Dolphins. A valuable tool, I would think, right? Absolutely, Bo. I think it, it would be a luxury for the Dolphins to have Ryan Fitzpatrick come back and knowing that the roles are different this year. They're defined differently. Yep. Instead of competing for the starting job, he's going to be ready to play. But he's going to get ready 
to a tongue of Iloa to start through 16 games. And if George Gotze is is really busy, you know, collaborating with Eric Studsville to be able to put the, the game plan together, he's that mouthpiece. He's the guy that everything's going to go through uh, from, from the coordinators to Tua. And I well, think that's a great bridge well, that, to have. You know, John, that's an interesting thought. And it, it flashed through my mind of, of you know, if you have Studentsville and Studentsville and, and Godsey, whether they're upstairs or downstairs doing their thing, and 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 Fitz was the voice that two was hearing in his ear, because Fitz can give you, hey, let's see, here's the play, boom, boom, hey, look for the tight end over the top because their safety's been cheating up, right? He can Absolutely. give you his stuff. Which, which is an interesting proposition. And it's great. It's a great resource for a young starting quarterback when he comes to the sidelines that he doesn't have to go through the coach who's also the running back coach, who's also the tight end coach. He's going to a guy that's played the position and played it at a high level uh, going into his 17th year that you have respect for and that you have a great relationship with. Yeah. I think that's another luxury the Dolphins should consider in bringing Fitzpatrick back, if that's an option that Fitzpatrick is considering. Well, and look, I've, I've seen it happen. I saw it firsthand with Don Strock, you know, over the years when, when Danny came in. It was Don was, it was basically, uh, I mean, uh, you know, our, our offensive line coach, John Sandusky, was the offensive coordinator in, in title, but Stroke and him and, and Coach Shula all, you know, all, all combined to send the play in, whatever play it was going to be. So it's been done before, and, hey, if it works again, another Dolphin win. That's right. It worked well in the past. You're exactly right. Time now for a new feature. John mic'd up during the course of the season. Stuck a mic on a lot of guys out in the football field, and uh, we're going to get a chance to hear some of the uh, some of the some of the things that you can hear on Sundays as we go to mic'd up. Well, you know what, Bo? I, I guess Dolphin fans sometimes, even though they like us, they're tired of hearing from us. So let's hear from the players and their perspective on the field and on the sidelines. I think it's a great segment. Mike Dub. Oh, you, you, you the today. I'm the Fed today. I'm Mike Dub. Oh my God. He the Fed. I'm Mike Dub. Got anything you want to say? Yeah, I'm Fed. I'm the Fed. I'm the Fed. Hey, I'm Mike Dub too. Don't say nothing crazy. I meant to tell y'all that. Oh, wait. I forgot Durham's Mike Dub. I'll, I'll be the one to break the news to everybody. I don't know. Somewhere in this right here. Oh, 27 is not coming. He's not coming. He's too scared. It's Patrick looking right, throws right, wide open, touchdown. Durham Smythe. Oh, my God! Ah! 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 <laughs> yes! 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 Yes, Durham! Yes! Yeah! I just hit 21 MPH running down there. That was electric. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Number 55, linebacker Jerome Pickett. Got it! Six! Damn! Six! Damn! <laughs> you know my mom here. I'm a fighter. Don't worry about it. She here. She better be here. Yeah. Uh. Hey, with the head up. Mm. Yeah, this? Do it. Ah. Yeah, hold up. Check in. Check in. I know my mama here. Where's she at? Come here, Eron. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, if we was cars, I would like McQueen, you'd be made because you're my best friend. I mean, oh, I don't know. It ain't, it ain't just, it's just best friend wise. Damn. 
All right, just take it, man. I he messed up. Man, he nice. He keep. He pulled him out. He pulled Lightning McQueen out of the ditch. All that stuff, man. Come on, man. It don't matter. He's nice, and he got speed. You're not rusty, though. Not at all. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This boy, are you slow as hell, though? <laughs> I know my mama here. You better be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. D. Yes, sir. D. Let's go! 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 let us my best friend. Let's get it, baby. Come on, give me some love, Mike. Let's go, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Hell yeah. My best friend. I know. Hey, hey. <laughs> I love that dude. <laughs> hey, hey, you did. You thought you got me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My legs feel pretty good today. I think I'm coming for 20, 20 mph. With you, big fella, easy down, track down. Hey, how many turnovers do we got in the season? 20. Well, we got we just gotta pick every game, okay. And how many times has Bob blocked somebody on? on <laughs> huddle, 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 huddle. Hey, let's go. Yes, All my up. Let me tell y'all that. Did you take care of that rash you were telling me about? All right. The rain has passed us. Turns out the rain's back. If we could start this before the rain comes back, that would be ideal. Joe, the rain passed. I want the sun to be out. It's cold as hell, it's good. It's hot today, huh? This is just South Bend. This is the exact weather every day of September, October, November, bro. Yes, sir! Damn, I love Florida like this. Dark, but it's still warm. Nice lights. The black book. The little black book. Little black book. You got one of these? You got all your ex-girlfriend's numbers in there? Maybe a little bit. You ain't slick. I caught you. You want to sit next to me? Oh. <laughs> he said slide over. All right, just say something. Water? Water? Water, 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 water. Water, water. Mm-hmm. But why them bottles sound like a damn dolphin every time y'all stop with the water, man? Hey, you got to bounce. I can't see. What's in, bro? I'm old school. Why is that a blank plan? Well, you, you ain't even writing nothing down. Ain't nothing even in that notebook. Hey, your mom here, man. Mama here. Mama here. Why y'all always waiting about my mama? <laughs> hey, man. Y'all know she here. Where she at? Y'all know damn well my mama here. She retired. She come every game now, damn man. Just having fun, though. They try to take the fun out of it, man. I'm having fun. It's, it's a kid's game. I'm having fun. Shout out my Twitch. Appreciate it. KVN underscore 53. That's what it is. Look, I, everybody running. Everybody running. Once they got their 50, I was like 10. I said, y'all boy don't know. We got to go back. Y'all right. boy tripping. Right. <laughs> Let him score. We'll catch up to him. Not on duty. Not on duty. Hey, Russ, you see that? 
get any good audio on that thing today or no? I didn't say a word. <laughs> big day. Big day for us. You know it. Big win, man. Big win. Big win for the fans. <laughs> All right. That was good stuff, John. All right. Remember, AutoNation, our supporter here, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. You can save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And remember, you can watch the Audible every Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. on WFR, CBS4 TV, and download the podcast on all your favorite streaming platforms, as well as MiamiDolphins.com. That's going to do it for this week. Stay safe, and we'll catch up with you in a couple weeks.